Okay. I'm going to tell you an amazing story from the Bible, which can be found in Mark chapter 2. So once upon a time, there was a man, and this man had a problem. His legs didn't work. He couldn't walk, and he couldn't run. That's really sad, isn't it? There were so many things that he couldn't do because his legs didn't work properly. He did have a good thing, though. In fact, he had four of them. He had four amazing friends that loved him very, very much. And his friends had heard that there was a man called Jesus coming to their town. Their town was called Capernaum. And Jesus was coming to Capernaum. And they had heard that this man Jesus had been making deaf people hear and had been making making blind people see. He'd even raised dead people to life again. And the four men wanted to get their friend to Jesus because they thought if he's so amazing and he can do all these amazing things, then maybe he could help his friend feel better and they could help him walk again. So they had an idea. They made a bed and laid their friend on this bed, okay? And they carried him all the way to where the building that Jesus was going to be in. Now, buildings in England and houses often look like this, don't they, with a roof, and the roof is made out of tiles. But in this place where the friends lived in Capernaum, the building was flat, and the roof was made of sticks and clay, and that's really important. Can you try and remember that? Okay, so they got to the building where Jesus was and they were so shocked. There were so many people there, they couldn't get in. So they went to a window and they looked through and they could see that there was no one sitting. Everyone was standing because it was so tight. And they could see Jesus in the middle of the room. But their friends, this man's friends, were so determined to get him to Jesus that they went looking around the building and they found some stairs And it took them up to the top of our flat roof. And do you know what they did? They made a hole in the roof, a massive hole. Okay. Good job, Eva Rosie. They looked through the roof, okay, and they lowered him. They tied ropes onto the bed. And they lowered him all the way down to be by Jesus' feet. Now, Jesus was not surprised at all at this man being suspended from the ceiling in front of him. And he looked down at the man on the mat and he said, Friend, because of your faith, your sins are forgiven. Wow. Now, some of the religious leaders were there and they heard this. And they said, How can he forgive sins? And Jesus replied and said, I know what you are thinking, but I have come from God. And then he looked down at the man laying on the bed and said, take up your mat, get up and walk. Now, this man can't walk, can he? So what happens? He took up his mat, he got up and he walked and he probably danced and he probably jumped. And everyone inside the building, everyone outside the building, and everyone on the roof were cheering and praising God for what he had done. Now, do you know that Jesus wants to do the same thing for you and for me? 
<laughs> yeah, do you know that? That's amazing, isn't it? And your life might not be broken, but maybe you feel that it is a little bit, or maybe you're hurt, or maybe there's something that's not quite right. And did you know that Jesus died on the cross for me and for you? And the Bible tells us in Psalm 103, verse 3, that God can forgive all of our sins and heal us from sickness and pain when we put our faith and our trust in Jesus. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, we can know forgiveness of sins and healing of our bodies and miracles like this one that we've just learnt about in the story. So in the same way that the friends gathered together and went to be with Jesus, we are going to come now and worship together, knowing that Jesus is our healer and our saviour. So over to the band. Okay. Right, while that's going on, if you've got a very good memory, and I'm afraid mine gets a bit holy at times, as in holes in my memory rather than holy with a, just without the W. Uh, with, uh, I'll, I'll give up. Right, let's start again. If you've got a good memory, you'll remember in March we had uh, our church gift day, but because uh, of the way that uh, the COVID stuff has... Uh, cut down on our expenditure, we decided we didn't actually need it for our own church funds. So therefore we put the, mo the money to one side so that we can use it to bless our community here in Faversham and to uh, bless those who uh, have served us in the town through this time. Uh, we haven't got round to telling you yet how much was given for that. So we thought today would be a good time to do so. So with that gift day, the final uh, total was being £3,595. And then when you add in any uh, uh, gift aid tax money, which we'll get back on that, that will take it over £4,000. So thank you very much to everybody who's given generously. Uh, what uh, we've done, and... Uh, sort of finally got things organised in the last couple of weeks or so is we're putting a group together to decide how this money should be spent and the people who've agreed to be on that there's myself, uh, there's Alex representing like the trustees but also Jill, Sue and Joy have agreed to come onto a group so we can uh, decide how this money should be spent so if you have any brilliant ideas do have a word with one of those uh, as well, but probably over the next few weeks or month or two, because in a sense, the effects of COVID are on our community are going to go on for a long time. So we don't feel any need that we particularly have to spend the money immediately, but if there's good things to spend it on now, we will. Otherwise, we'll look and decide what, what's going to be the best way of using it. So, as I say, if you have any ideas, you can either let me know, Alex, Jill, Sue, or Joy, and we will uh, be, uh, particularly if you've got ideas which aren't, if you like, the normal everyday thing which people think of. Because I think, you know, when you look at how our community responds, there's some sorts of things which everybody does. I think what we want to look for and hear from God for are the sort of 
people or circumstances which would get ignored normally, but where we could step in and uh, do something which will really bless people. Okay, thank you. Sam, over to you. Wonderful. Okay, this is um, something I've been looking forward to for a very, very long time, being able to come and open God's Word together, and rather than talking into a camera of some kind, actually getting to see your faces, uh, and um, just being able to, to engage with you as we, as we do that. Now, what Mike was just sharing, um, as he mentioned, was really around... Uh, something that we'd shared earlier in the year, I don't know if you remember, we um, spent a bit of time, we called the talk Mobilize, and it was uh, reflecting on a picture that Barry Pepier had had about, uh, about surfers carrying backpacks. I'm not going to explain too much more uh, about that, but if you were there, you will hopefully remember a bit about that. And thinking about actually what is it that God is calling us to do, what are the basics, if you like, that God has given for us, uh, to, for the part that he has to play in terms of this process of recovery and restoration uh, that we are in. And giving was a part of that, being able to give financially to meet needs. Uh, another thing was around, um, one of the other the things was around corporate prayer, kind of really harnessing that and giving ourselves to that. And the other thing was witness, each one of us being able to be confident in sharing about the hope that we have. And as we talked about these things, we also picked up on how actually these, we don't work these things out in isolation. It's not just about being on mission and needing to get things done. Actually, we work these things out together, don't we? We work these things out in relationship with one another. And one of the things that we uh, picked up on, uh, and one of the other things that we felt we really needed to give attention to was about journeying with one another. We've all been impacted over the last 18 months or so, all of us, our lives have been challenged and changed. And actually, we just really felt this importance of this call to be drawing alongside one another and journeying alongside one another. Now, we've just been working through Ephesians. We've got a few more of those to finish, uh, which we will be sending out. But much of Ephesians, at least kind of from halfway through, it's, it's really about unity. It's about what does it look like to, what does life look like worked out? in community and in fellowship with one another. So we've been thinking a lot about this over recent, uh, recent weeks and recent months, but also the story that she- uh, Chef Steph shared with us uh, um, is, as, as she was sharing with us, we, could, we know that it's all about what Jesus does for the man. He heals him physically and meets him in his need, but he also heals him in a way that maybe the man didn't even understand that he needed to be healed in. That his sins were forgiven and his eternity was therefore secure in Jesus. But there are also other people in that story. It struck me, like we don't actually hear about the person who owned the house and how they reacted, do we, to how their roof having been ripped open. I'm quite interested to know. Although if we read the account in the Gospels, we find that at the end it says that everyone who was there was rejoicing and giving praise. So I think even the owner of the house was okay with what had happened when, they, when they'd seen what Jesus had actually done for the man. But there were other people in that story as well. His friends played a hugely significant role in getting him to Jesus, in having his needs met in carrying him there where he physically was not able to get to Jesus himself. He needed others in that moment. 
others to journey alongside him. And we, we actually touched on this when we shared back as part of the, the mobilised thing that we shared. And we, we, we also considered the question of, okay, at this time, whose map are you carrying? If we're taking kind of this, this language of this story. But also, who's carrying yours? As we're asking these questions, it is, it's all about journeying with one another. And these are important questions to ask. Whose map are you carrying and who is carrying yours? Because there will be times where we need to help one another. But there are times when we too will need to be helped. Adam Bradley, who's an elder of uh, Kingsgate Church in Great Yarmouth, part of the Relational Mission family of churches, he speaks of Christian community as the God-given mechanism for helping us to thrive and mature. Let me say that again. He speaks of Christian community as the God-given mechanism for helping us to thrive and mature. Essentially what he's saying is that we are not made to do this on our own. The Christian life is not one to be walked out in isolation or at a distance. God has given us community. It is his good gift to us. And it's in that place, it's his mechanism for helping us to thrive and to mature. Now when I'd read that from what Adam Bradley had said, that was part of a blog post that he had written where he was looking uh, it was actually just one verse in 1 Thessalonians. I found it in the end. I was struggling to find it earlier. I thought someone had taken it out of my Bible, but it is there. And 1 Thessalonians 5. And if you've got your Bible with you, if you want to turn to that, it will come up on the screen as well in a moment. And it's something that I keep coming back to and I keep thinking on these verses. It's kind of stuck with me when thinking about what it looks like to be in community with one another, what it looks like to journey with one another. There are so many places where we could go throughout Scripture uh, to get a bit of an idea of what this looks like or to help to develop our understanding of this. But I think this is a really good place for us to spend some time. So that's what we're going to do in just, for just a few moments this morning. So let's read together. I'm, going to read, I'm actually going to read verses 12 to 15, and then we'll pick one of the verses out in particular. So this is Paul, writing to the church in Thessalonica. He says, We ask you, brothers... To respect those who labour among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. And to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. And we urge you brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. See that no one repays anyone evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to every one. So my focus or our focus is going to be on verse 14, but actually I think verse 15 really, really helps us in this because Paul's call for, for followers of Jesus, for the community of God, is to always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. So everything else that he said in the verses that come before this are all about seeking to do one another good. The reason I really want to emphasize this is because the first thing he says is to admonish the idol. That doesn't particularly sound good when we look at it first up. But actually we have to realize that there is something of good purpose and something loving within that. To admonish someone is to, if you like, to point out a deficiency or something that is lacking for the purpose of change. It's to say, look, there's something that's not quite right that's going on here in your life. But not just pointing it out to make someone feel bad or just for the sake of it, but to actually there's a change that needs to come about. And the idol are those who are shirking responsibility. 
not doing those things that they're meant to. We could put it this way, they're not pulling their weight. And actually there is a place within Christian community, a place for challenge to speak the truth in love. Now I'm not talking about where there are people who, for all of us will likely go through seasons where we're not able to do as much or we might have to step back from certain things for a while. That's not what Paul's talking about here. I think he's talking about those who are just chronically idle, chronically shirking their responsibilities, being those who are always consuming rather than those who are contributing as well. And so there is a place for that, but we need to be those who do it well. And we also need to be those who are able to receive it well. I think that's the challenge. It's one thing to, to, to do it. It's another thing to receive it for ourselves as well. I don't, I'm not going to touch too much more on that. I want to focus a little more on the other things. But I didn't want to jump over it just because it might be something that's a little bit uncomfortable for us. Because remember, this is about seeking to do good to one another. And so there is a place for that. But we're also called to encourage the faint-hearted. Okay, this sounds a little bit more positive, doesn't it? We can maybe see here where actually this is something that is seeking to do good to someone when we encourage the faint-hearted. And again... Many of us, if not all of us, will go through periods of our lives and seasons of our lives where actually we just feel faint of heart. We just feel like we're struggling. We're just feeling like, uh, yeah, that we, we maybe just feel like we, we need to just withdraw or, or whatever it might be. We can be struggling. But together, we have a responsibility to encourage and to strengthen one another. Encouragement brings strength, doesn't it? It strengthens people. It does not contribute to weakening them. But it's not just a responsibility. It really struck me as I was thinking about this morning and preparing for this morning. This is not just a responsibility. It's also a privilege to be able to be those who seek to encourage one another. And we're to look for opportunities to do that. We need to look for opportunities to encourage one another to strengthen one another. I have never heard of anyone receiving too much encouragement. I might be wrong. I've never heard of that. But I know of people who have received too much criticism. Too many harsh words. I've never heard of anyone receiving too much encouragement. Because we can just keep pouring encouragement after encouragement after encouragement over one another. Verse 15, it says, yeah, we're to, to do good to one another. But what does it say? Always seek to do good to one another. That's a deliberate thing, right? If we are seeking, we are looking for opportunities to do it. We are seeking God for opportunities. We are looking for opportunities in one another's lives to seek to bring encouragement where we can. We need to be deliberate. Something that I am learning, and I'm a little late to the party on this, I think, but I'm learning it now, is when something comes to my mind, I need to act on it in that moment. Don't think it can wait till tomorrow, because there'll always be something else that comes along. Let's be deliberate. Let's be quick to encourage one another. What does encouragement look like? It can look like many things, I guess, but just some thoughts. It's about giving thanks people for the things that they, they do and giving thanks for who they are. It's about giving recognition, acknowledging something within them that you think there's something really good here that I just want to, to commend you for or recognize within you. 
It's about congratulating when something has come about in their life that actually there's a cause to celebrate together. It's also about drawing people back to the gospel. We can really encourage each other by drawing us back to scripture and reminding one another of the truths of God's word. We don't move on from the gospel at any point. It is good news always and forever. And we remind one another, we draw one another back to the gospel. We pray for one another. We can encourage one another through prayer and standing with one another in prayer. Our um, our Sunday gathering that's been meeting over the last few months uh, I know I can only speak for, for our group, but we've had just such an amazing time together. And I've noticed that there's been a significant change in our, we've got like a WhatsApp group and it's busy now because people are just sharing stuff that's going on that's come out of the time that we've had together on a Sunday. And on one of the things the other day, there were people were asking for prayer uh, for a certain situation. Then someone else came in with some scripture that just brought real encouragement. So there was prayer alongside the scripture that came, just reinforcing this is what the word of God says for you in your situation. And that brings encouragement as we draw back to the truths of the gospel. So we're to encourage the faint hearted and we're also to help one another. We're to get alongside one another when there are needs to be met. It can be that practical help that people need. And again, it could be through, through different seasons that we go through. Maybe there are times where people will need more help than others. But actually, we can help one another in such a variety of ways. But we need to be willing to put ourselves out there to help in those ways. One of the, if you've been around us for any period of time and have heard us speaking about um, everyone a witness, thinking about what it looks like to make Jesus known, to those that don't yet know him, we talk about words, works and wonders. The words that we speak, the truths of the gospel, stories about what God has done in our lives. Uh, wonders through prayer, but also through works. It's that practical getting alongside people and serving people. And again, those aren't things that we just think, well, that's in terms of witness. Actually, words, works and wonders should be things that we're striving to do among one another as well and seeking to do. Reminding one another of the gospel, praying for one another, but those practical works of service to one another as well. Meeting people in their place of need. It's not just about witnessing, but it's an ongoing part of our life together. But in order for that to happen, we have to be aware of what is going on in each other's lives. We need to be investing in friendships and investing in relationships. We need to be talking with one another about what is going on. We need to be willing to, to ask for help if we need it. We need to be willing to offer help when it is needed as well. It's all part of what it is to be family together, to be journeying together. One of the things that struck me as well when I was thinking about today is it can be one that there may be some of us amongst us and again maybe this is something we've experienced at, at different times where actually we can be those who we're really happy with being the ones who do the encouragement and we're really happy to be the ones who do the helping but how do we respond when we're the ones who feel faint-hearted or in need of help i think it's an important question for us to ask as well not just in terms of what does it look like for us to seek to do good but how do we also receive that when we need that in our lives as well because it can be that for some of us, we find it hard to do that. And the danger is, is that we then isolate ourselves. We're happy to be in other people's lives, 
but less open to allowing them into ours as well. I just want to flag that up as a bit of actually, the, the danger is, is that we then end up isolating ourselves and trying to carry too much by ourselves and carry burdens that we were not meant to carry on our own. Why? Because remember, God has given us one another and has given us this community. See, we've been considering, really what we've been doing over these last 10 minutes or so is to be considering what it looks like to carry someone's mat, if we're going back to that imagery. But what would it look like for someone to carry your mat at this moment? Again, just something to consider. What would it look like for someone to draw alongside you to carry your mat and to help you at this moment? Again, just going back to our Sunday gathering that we've had. I just feel like it's been, for us, it's been such a healthy period of time where we've been gathering together, enjoying being together. And what I've noticed is that the more we are sharing with one another, the more the encouragement is coming through and the more the helping is coming through and the more of the seeking good is coming through. But it's about that investment in one another. It's about being together. Uh, It's about spending that time with one another. Now, what Paul is writing here, this is not a self-help manual. This is not to say, if you want your life to look better, these are the steps that you need to take. There are so many self-help manuals that are out there, but this is not one, and the Bible is not that. And actually, what Paul is writing here, and what we've been thinking about and considering in these moments this morning, actually, a lot of it is very counter to what our culture is actually like, whether our culture would admit it or not. I think actually a lot of it is very counter to it. But actually what Paul is describing to us and what I am hoping to encourage us in is this is about what it looks like to live as those who have been met by Jesus in our weakness and in our need. It's an outworking of what God has done for us in Christ. As we seek to serve and to love one another. That's what Steph was sharing with us at the start. As she told the story about this man and as he's brought to Jesus. How, and how Christ came to, uh, to, to that point where we, we were weak and in need. And he gave himself. He didn't demand anything of us to get it right. He met us in our weakness and our need. And he gave himself. For us. And as we imitate Christ, we give of ourselves to others. So that's what these verses are saying. It's challenging. It's costly. It is. There's cost involved in terms of our time and our energy and our finances and our gifting. But it is totally worth it. And it is a beautiful thing. Because it's a reflection of what Christ has done for us and given himself for us as we give of ourselves to others. I'm just going to touch on this very quickly. Because we're also told to be patient with one another. Now when I was thinking about this, I was reminded of convoys. You know, when you go on a journey in convoy. We don't tend to do that so much now because people have sat nav, don't they? But we used to do convoys a lot when we would go and play football. Uh, and convoys, they don't always work. They only work if the person at the front is aware of what's going on behind. Right? A convoy only works if the person at the front is aware of how fast the people behind are going. Because if that awareness is not there, it will just go wrong. And actually, that's what it's like when we're journeying together. 
because we don't always move at the same pace. We can get frustrated when people are stuck in the same place and we're wanting to, to move on and they keep struggling with the same thing or, or they're not going as fast as we would like them to, but we need to be considerate and be patient with one another. Adam Bradley in his blog puts it like this. He says that my observation is that a significant amount of upset in community life is a result of a lack of patience. Patience prefers people over projects. Patience plays the long game so we can take the whole church community with us. Patience recognises that the pace of the church community may not be my pace. In fact, it probably isn't. Patience loves the straggler. Patience loves the bruised and hurt. However, true patience can only ever be expressed when we are living for the good of the whole community, Christ's community, the church. It feels very fitting that we're thinking about what it is to be together on a day like today where we're able to be together in a way that we haven't been able to be for such a long time. And I think, I wouldn't want to speak on behalf of anyone else, but I would imagine that many of us have really felt the impact of these last few, few months, these last months in terms of... Uh, how it's impacted our community and our togetherness. And yes, there are ways in which we can still do that. And there are ways in in which we can still uh, get together. But there is something about the community of God, about the people of God, as as they come together and seek to do good to one another and to love one another well and to journey well together. So let's give ourselves to all of these things that we've been considering today. Let's give ourselves to giving of ourselves for the good of one another. Shall we pray?